0: Decoded. Found the tech decoding. Founder tech
1: decoded. But a founder is new when you're reaching out, sending a deck, or pitching a VC like me. Let's dive in.
0: Welcome to this episode of the Founder Tech Decoded Podcast. I'm delighted on this episode to be talking to Gareth Hawkins, um, who is an investor and mentor at Connected, partner at Henley Business Angels. He has invested in a portfolio of 30 startups, several of which, uh, which are particularly interesting in his podcast, founder tech such as Connected.co and Pitch.space, which is, features featured Khan, who he, was the last episode on uh, this series. Um, Gareth sees angel investing from all sides and the inherent frustrations created for both founders and investors that result from an established, outdated model, something very much uh, on point for the podcast. Gareth now runs Angel Syndicate, which is just about to launch, um, which he will give a Proper shout out to at the end of this podcast, an end-to-end community syndication deal execution platform for business angel networks that provides a single point of application for founders to reach multiple regional groups of angel investors. So Gareth, it's a pleasure to find time and get you on the, the podcast and, uh, and and welcome.
1: Thanks Dan, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, yeah. Delighted to be involved.
0: So let's get straight into it. We 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 there's there's several things that come up on the podcast that seem quarter. Of tech. but one of them obviously is the uh, well, so you've, so you've got legacy systems as we discussed with Sir from Pitch space. you've got legacy tools and systems that need to be uh addressed, and biases and imbalances, you know, uh, like the recent episode with Hattie Willis. Um, but what is obviously cornerstone to this, um, is, is, is the innovation in capital and financing, um, and sort of the, the way that that just doesn't really work for most people, um, both founders also early uh, early stage uh, angels um, and so it's a real real uh, in, um, on point and of interest to kind of zoom in to angels themselves because they play a vital role in evolving this ecosystem because so many of them themselves are frustrated by the way it performs at the moment that they have an appetite for this change so if, let's start there what you think that appetite is and, the, and around the current inefficiencies and the frustrations
1: yeah sure thanks well um As you mentioned, angel investing has been around for a long time and the model hasn't really changed, Uh, but what we've now got is a sort of emerging new generation of younger angel investors, maybe themselves exited founders often, uh, or high net worth earners with a sort of city career, uh, looking really passionately to involve themselves in this asset class as it's become, um, who feel those frustrations perhaps more than those that have been there longer frustrations like um, the sort of limited opportunities and by which I mean focused around particular pitching events which don't take place as frequently as as maybe they like Um, or if they do take place maybe they're at odds with their own calendars because you know these angel investors are, are busy with their multifarious careers and portfolios themselves and maybe they can't take the time out to necessarily attend an event in person and maybe feel a bit like they've missed out on the limited deal flow that that tends to be focused around those events. So the the sort of symmetry or symmetrical way that angel investing has run to date is a little bit out of touch with um, the sort of modern investor that's expecting more asymmetric Uh, routes to do that plus also of course if you're running an angel investment group let's let's address the elephant in the room here you're probably flirting with the ever-evolving fca capture Uh, the the financial conduct authority kind of um has very clear rules on on financial promotion and things like that and um and carried interest um but a number of angel groups aren't necessarily always aware of their obligations on that front um If you're an angel investor you know you're used to patient capital because you normally have to tie your money up for seven to ten years um but is that necessarily that that absence of liquidity is that necessarily something that an angel investor today wants to do in comparison with other other asset classes um so there's a there's a a plethora of, of, of frustrations not just for angel investors and the group organizers but also for the startup entrepreneurs that are going to those. Angel groups to get funded, and I think at the core, at the root of the problem, is, and I've seen this from being a, a principal at, at Henley Business Angels, for example, that um, they're they're all in the subscale ghetto, to use a, a, a phrase said again. In the subscale. Well, it's, I can't claim I can't claim right to that phrase, but um, Jake Roney at Newable um, yeah. put this in put this in my head a couple of years ago, calling it the subscale ghetto where, you know, uh, there are 86, 87, I think, according to Rod at UK BAA, angel groups in the UK, and the average membership is about 50 to 60 members. Yeah. And that makes it really difficult from a P&L perspective to run an efficient operation, to scalable, to, have to run a scalable operation, um, to run a compliant operation often, because, you know, having compliance officers and governance is, is tricky when you've got a subscale P&L. So a lot of these are run effectively not-for-profit as almost... Hobbies, to some extent, and I think that that lack of um, process, if you will, or, or or lack of advancement in process, is is holding back the sector, a sector which is so fundamentally important because it's the thing that that drives the initial traction for pre-seed. Because you know we all know that venture investors, VCs, don't come in until later when there's proven traction, um, but on the at the first raise at the point even if you're pre-revenue pre-product the, the the leap of faith from the investors at the very beginning is is always typically going to come from angels and so if that fundamental part of the ecosystem is broken um then we're failing the entrepreneurs that are dependent on it
0: okay there's there's so much there Let's zero in a couple of things so you mentioned this new asset class you know that the investors want to get in, in on you mentioned like uh, you know previously exited uh, founders uh, there's obviously the term solo capitalists has come up in conversations yep. one of the ideas that's come up around the nuances that sort of asset class um even further and you are you are you're you're kind of hinting at it is that actually what we're looking at and and, and i think founder tech points massively to this it's not just about change in system tools platforms it's actually saying that there's all this unlocked potential let's just say in the UK for the moment but it, the conditions I think are mirrored pretty much everywhere but let's just stick in the UK where you have this untapped from founders in this in this pre-revenue pre-seed space that are genuinely domain experts in kind of these scalable niches the term that keeps coming up that can navigate and at least demonstrate with that pre-seed capital you know that they are at least someone who can Find a way through a complex problem and un- unlock value. So you've got this kind of like, um, this kind of idling capacity. It's come in, the, in the sharing economy, there was this concept called the idling capacity, which was, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, it's your car sitting idle or your road, spare room sitting idle. And it's like, is there the equivalent? And this is a question um, of that in what we're talking about. And then what you're saying is on the other side of the equation, um, and asymmetry comes up a word uh, as a word a lot, a lot of the time as well. But there, there's these frustrated investors who are smart, who are younger, who have a different attitude to the asset class, have a point of view, and want to kind of and have a, probably a deep point of expertise, and probably are acting in much smaller syndicates and are willing to act, get in early, backing their point of view. And that that's really what we're talking about here. That we've got to unlock. There's quite a lot there. But what do you what do you think of that as the build and what you said?
1: Dan, you put that far more eloquently than I did. Thank you uh, for summarising it so well. But yeah, that idling capacity is a problem, um, and I've heard you mention that in previous episodes with other interviewees, and uh, it resonated with me then. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because um, the UK is a fantastic place to raise pre-seed investment. You know, to incorporate a company, to get your SEIS advanced assurance, in which his majesty's government incentivizes us angels to uh, invest and take that leap of faith because we can effectively uh, you know mitigate you know 50 percent of that investment goes towards mitigating our tax <laughs> so what you know why wouldn't we we're, we're we're financially compelled to take that leap of faith but if like you see in a lot of um a uh, lot of asset classes if the willingness is there and the money is there but the access to opportunity is restricted that is a failing market right it's market failure and i think the the lack of modernization of angel investing is a potential risk of market failure and that subscale ghetto piece plays into that because it's, it's baffled me for a few years now why angel groups don't collaborate more um and we we probably both observed this in some of the topics discussed at the BAA uh, Future of Angel Investing Symposium last week. I think you and I were both at yeah. yep. um, Collaboration, co-investing among angel groups to help founders close their rounds expeditiously is vital and yet doesn't happen. It's being paid lip service to by a lot of the angel investing community because there is an inherent paradoxical comp- competing or competition going on for god knows why <laughs> between groups because i think we convince ourselves that we want access to the best opportunities and we want to fill rounds but no angel groups filling around you know the, the the dog and pony show as i've heard it called by founders uh whereby founders have to go around you know 20 odd angel groups to try and fill their 250k pre-seed is bonkers when we're you know we've got the syndication potential and the co-investing potential, but no one's joining the dots to bring those networks together and help expeditiously close rounds for founders so they can go out and build their products or scale their companies. Um, and that's really at, at angelsyndicate.uk, that's what we want to do. We are um, we, we are bringing together multiple chapters of angel groups, either um, vertical or sector specific or regionally specific, and we're aggregating them into one large nominee uh, with so they can still have their local groups their local meetings their local social side which is fundamentally important to ancient investing that that um, you know many minds are better than one that yep. collaboration that happens at a local level but amongst let's say 20 active investors at any one time in a group of 50 okay but taking all of those and aggregating them together and making one large force if you will that can fill around in weeks rather than months for a founder and making it super easy for the founder at the top of that funnel to apply to multiple chapters through one application form and if we get this right one application form that doesn't take an hour to fill in every time you bloody do it but one application form that you fill in once and it touches 300 investors so
0: let me ask you um uh I mean, that can make makes complete sense. So like just just talk about that um, as as an idea, and I I do actually want to kind of um, get into just slightly where you had that leap of because it's such a no disrespect at all. It's a, it's an obvious leap, but no one's done it. You know, as a, which are the best kinds of leaps, right? When you're like, oh, of course, yep. that's, that's what should be done. What my my personal belief is that the future of this space um, is exactly what you're describing, but it's it's a it initially in that first ticket, that first check. Um, that funds maybe the next three to six months. You're looking at uh, maybe three to four small syndicates, of so three to four, using vehicles like SPVs um, to make quick investments, um, and you know, and, and keeping the cap table, you know, tight and contained. What, in in the model that you're envisaging, what sort of vehicles are you looking at to kind of close these investments? You know, ASA SPVs. Um, what, what, can you give us some insight into how that might work?
1: Sure. More than happy to. And um, and just just for the record, you know, three to four well-meaning angels coming together and buying three months of life for a startup isn't going to get anybody anywhere. Um, that that scale on an ASA brings risk for both sides. Right. So really founders that set out to raise, let's say now under SEIS with the new extension 250 yeah, uh, uh, for their pre-seed at one and a half million pre-money valuation. Right, they want to be able to go out and build their product, to take it to market, and get some traction, so they can come back at the seed round with a really, you know, sensible valuation, two x, three x what they came at before, um, having got some traction, being able to raise their next half a million without giving away too much equity, um, and, and onwards and upwards. That's how the system's supposed to work, but. The delay in closing rounds and the uncertainty, even with all the stuff that, you know, founder catalyst have done and seed um, legals have done yeah. with advanced subscription agreements, etc. All of that get liquidity. Now, the uncertainty about will that be all the liquidity I get is a real problem. Right. So it, it, the, the, the really what we're trying to solve is scale. We need lots of angels co-investing at the same time from all corners of the country and all parts of theses. So that they're getting ready, regular vetted deal flow, just as you'd expect from an angel group but uh, the ability to participate and syndicate all in one go. Now, that's through a nominee structure. So, yep, r- big fan of what Paddy Oding's doing with the SPVs. Yep. But the SPVs are, are rapid for deployment, but what they don't have inherent is a secondary market and the ability to trade in and trade out of your positions. Yep. And what, we, what we're doing with Angel Syndicate, because the tools now exist, is improving liquidity opportunities for investors such that they can trade secondaries on their so post their SEIS lockout period, three years time. They don't have to wait for a potential future liquidity event if the company they've backed has stalled um, and isn't growing like a unicorn. Um, They can perhaps trade out with a co-investor who maybe has an appetite to stay in for longer earlier in the game, three, five years. That's what technology now exists. No angel group or network, to my knowledge, in the UK is really actively using that. That's what Angel Syndicate is going to do.
0: So, 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 sorry. Can you just later? So you talking. Can you clarify what you mean or unpack a little bit about the nominee structure that you were referring to? Because it is, it is, it hasn't come up before. So it'd be really useful just to kind of just put a little bit more light on that.
1: Sure thing. So I mean, most VCs uh, and SEIS funds will be using a nominee, uh, which is effectively a you know limited company in in and of its own right. It's it's an SPV, but it's actually done in a kind of blind trust format normally, right? Um, Those SPVs are typically provided by the likes of Mainspring and and, and those those providers um, and then sort of skinned with an identity. So in in our case, we're providing a nominee which aggregates all of these uh, individual angel investments. So the angel gets a benefit because their their identity is protected as well. The founder gets a benefit because just like an SPV, they've got a tidy cap table. Um, Also, with the rising know your investor or KYC type um, obligations, the the nominee that goes through angel syndicate it takes care of that so we're doing the kyc so founders can be sure when they're going for later investment and the vcs are saying oh right okay who's already there and what risk do they bring us they can say well none because we've tidied the cap table in nominee structure and we've already done all of our know your investor type background checks we're doing that in inherently at angel syndicate so Doing all of that in the nominee solves for so many things and having the parallel secondaries market that kicks in at sort of year three once your um, SEIS lockup or EIS lockup is is, um, is is expired and you don't have the CGT implication of an exit anymore um, means that those angels can actually also recycle that investment, right? They can divest if the company isn't going anywhere uh, and now double down and invest in a different company should they want to and take advantage of the next SEIS opportunity. Does all that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. It does. Like I say, it hasn't come up before, but it does make a lot of sense. Um, And I think it's absolutely front and center of kind of the innovation. I mean, it's all about sort of taking a monolithic structure, right, and trying to make it more agile or fluid and, like you say, create liquidity. I had a conversation um, with, you know, Justin Langan, who was um, uncapped, Uncapped, and he's now at Liquidity Capital. What's interesting, when you hear that he's now at the the, the Series B, C, end of it, you know, hundreds of millions deployed, that when this is done properly, and particularly, obviously, you've got a lot of data that so that you can deploy large amounts quite quickly and create scale quite quickly. But what I hear you saying is this these types of structures, the innovation you're bringing around, kind of brings that kind of uh, liquidity to the early stage, which is what I hear you say, is like, is like the key thing that's missing is that 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 kind of spectrum of liquidity where investors can kind of come in and out, act quickly, go along for the right. That is that would that be again a good characterization of what you're talking about?
1: Totally. And solving that liquidity problem and giving investors another way of recycling their money um, at a sensible horizon, rather than you know the patient capital hit and hope of a potential ten-year lockup. I think will help to solve some of the resistance and hesitation that's inherent in angel investing because you know there are something like 22, 23,000 active serial angel investors in the country at the moment. Um, and, and yet they might dip in and dip out of the ecosystem infrequently years apart because their cash takes a while to recycle either in exit or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so if we can speed that up, by enabling them to trade out of their position with co-investors that they went into with it in the first place, who may have a greater appetite to stay for longer, um, that can only be a good thing for catalysing new investment opportunities.
0: Uh, totally. Um, so one of the, uh, uh, Jonathan Hollis came up with this uh, number, which which is which we all know, but he put a number to it. He said that um, a warm leave from a you know so you have a leading angel investor mm-hmm. and a referral to another potential agent investor that is warm makes that investment 13 times higher and i have come to the conclusion that that is actually still the fundamental driver of this space sometimes to its detriment because it doesn't mean that that recommendation is a good one and i hear what you're saying is like again you're baking that in well let me ask you a question how are you modeling around sort of a lead investor model that kind of gets to understand the founder and then kind of distributes that opportunity who's who's playing that role and how and yeah, how absolutely. is that so-
1: working? Totally. So, you, uh, Jonathan, uh, he's an absolute um, genius in this space, anyway. So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to question him. But, but Jonathan's spot on that the social proof piece, the trust element of a of a referral across the whole adventure is a significant multiplier. I'm, I'm inclined to believe 13 times. Um, but we see it in the, the the sort of raison d'etre of angel networks, right? Um, the whole idea of it or the origin of angel networks is let me bring my deal flow and socialize that amongst people that I trust who trust me. Um, And and so that, that can't go away. Right. And so I know you've had Oli from Thunderbeam on in the past and he's, he's him and his his team uh, congrats them by the way on their recent um, uh, new investment round, 40 million investment round. Fantastic. But um, you know, they have a uh, fantastic tool for um, syndication, uh, but they will find similarly like, like anybody running that sort of tool, uh, that if they lose the community element, if they lose the referral element of it, then there becomes this inherent um, inertia or lack of trust, which, you know, is 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 going in the opposite direction to what natively angel groups have done. So if we can find a, a home between the two, if we can find an accommodation between the two, whereby the social proof piece and the trusted curated deal flow piece of co-investing friends in an angel network community can also then uh, use the latest tools to um, solve for a lot of these process-oriented frustrations, then it's a win-win for the founder, for the investor, and for the network. Yes,
0: it, indeed. And again, I think it, this, it, this even kind of amplifies further out the impact of this. And, I, and I've said this a few times that I actually think we're only two to three years away from this playing out and us listening back to this and going oh well obviously this is all going to happen you know it's like I, hope it's, so. I, I, I do I, I do I do believe that I think you know key to this as well is this idea of um, and again I'll ask it as a question because not everybody agrees with it but the, the, I think one of the things that's driving this you know as well as things like you know the, the no code low code uh, diminishing the value of the MB, MVP as a first barrier right and there's things like that but there's also that there is a, a diminishment of um, horizontal B2B e-commerce marketplace opportunities in the top of um, uh, angel investor funnels. They're just not arriving because most of those problems, um, that those models and pitch decks can kind of communicate properly have gone. Um, and actually there is a new wave of investing and it leads back, kind of circles back to what you were saying about the asset class of these kind of scalable niches, these deep verticals where you do want to find a rare uh, founder that has an unfair advantage because of their domain expertise because they found a market fit And you want to back that person early, that person, um, and this came up in the conversation with Hattie, that that person may not be the person who then goes on to scale the business, but they're the one who who navigates, unlocks that capacity of that niche. And actually, really, really good investors are hungry for that. And at the moment, find that very, very hard. But that's actually they where they really can invest in, again, have that point of view, have a portfolio of preference, and want to get in and identify back those those founders. And that's a problem again, which is making the which is blocking the the potential of the market. What, what do you think of of, of that as a kind of an additional layer?
1: Yeah, no, I think there's there's two really key takeaways from that, Dan. Um, one uh, to to quote the Peter Thiel, you know, vernacular, the the zero to one founder it has learned how to perfect the science of startups Um, but you're right the founder might not be the leader of the future to scale it but they do have a tremendous ability to unlock a particular space to be a vanguard to usher in the next paradigm shift and and it's that sort of innovation that needs the leap of faith that precede angels investing in the uk ecosystem can provide so you know I, i think we've got all the tools and ingredients to be Competing with the Valley ultimately, and, and I think London or the UK does uh, punch above its weight in that respect as being a, a catalyst for you know the the big future gauges, future gazers that are going to usher in the the next paradigm shift. Um, but as an investing community, point number two, we suffer from deal fatigue. Yeah, because there is so much opportunity, and you know the 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 big AI um, enabler now uh, is only going to exacerbate that, and so the curation piece, the selection piece, is going to become hugely important in angel groups. Uh, and I, you know, we we're I'm seeing it at, at Henley Business Angels. Right, we just had a record quarter, and we we're a quarterly event operation, and we typically get uh, about. 16 to 18 applications a quarter for five pitching spaces and we've had 29 I think in the last quarter so we think this massive jump which I know I'm I'm not trying to create a correlation here but it just happens to coincide with you know GPT-4 and a whole bunch of uh, AI um, startups coming to the market Um, and you know selecting the quality from the quantity is a fundamental function of angel groups but who are we as investment committee members necessarily to dictate that surely that should be done by the community in an organic fashion where you provide the rails and the framework to enable um, interested parties to collaborate and co-invest on something that they believe is going to be the next big thing
0: yes but if if, if these opportunities are the next level down right it's really hard to see um, I, I, I made this person up, but you would have heard me <laughs> refer to her several times because she's just a useful <laughs> sort of avatar. avatar. Yeah. 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 So I could talk about Julie from Aberystwyth, right? Who's like, who's for 10 years been working in with dyspraxia in the early learning space, right? And she, she has seen an opportunity and knows how to navigate something better. Um, now, if you have, four investors, five investors that they don't have to be personal. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan, you have to have a personal attachment to the investment in that you've had experience of that space, it helps, but you are passionate around early learning, let's say one, one layer up, Um, that Julie should be able to find those three or four people and, and 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 Julie's in, and this this comes up with, as a message to founders again again those types of founders who genuinely have the founder market fit the domain expertise you know ability to navigate that problem get it from zero to one they're really valuable right and at the moment we don't even really have a language about those people you know I, I played with years ago calling them propellers because they kind of get things off the ground but you know that much, it, it's like. We, we, The fact that we don't have a common language to identify those people, I think is part of the problem, because I genuinely believe that at this pre-seed, pre-revenue level, we're going to have to get very, very good at identifying those. And I agree with you, AI, I think, is going to add to noise, and therefore the curation and the elevation of um, you know, giving Julie visibility – I'm not giving her any, you know, free passes, but giving her rigor and visibility, and getting a lead investor to evaluate all of that. We're going to have to get really, really good at that. And if we can do that, I think again, that's the key to unlocking that, you know, that that idling that latent capacity.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you, there's there's two sides of a of an ideological coin here on the purpose of angel investing. Okay. And and I think with all of the FOMO and buzz around VC and vent, the venture ecosystem. Angel Investing has kind of mutated, if you will, over the last decade from being the let's write the first check to get this great founder off the ground with an yeah. idea that the world yeah. needs to. Well, this has to be a unicorn. Right. right? And right. and there is this sort of underlying expectation that we can only let unicorns in you know, or future unicorns into the uh, into the deal flow. And, and that's that's a that's a bit of a failing to some extent because yeah. then Julie from Aberystwyth with with her um you know perhaps not internationalizable edtech that's going to do some really important things but isn't going to return 3x the fund yeah right um doesn't get money doesn't get what she needs to get her business off the ground and and you know the banks stopped lending to startups you know over a decade ago now <laughs> so the only place that Julie can go is to a friendly angels but where's she going to find them how's she going to incentivize them um, you know, she may have her SEIS. Great. But if 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 angels are now all programmed to think I need to back a unicorn, otherwise I'm not happy to be in for 10 years, then how do you mitigate for that?
0: Yeah, well, this is the problem and the opportunity. Right. If we can if we I I do believe that the community that's going to be at you know, the event on the 15th. I do believe between us we can solve this. I don't think we have to wait for the US. I think there's enough. Everybody's seeing it the same. Everybody who does see it the same is really smart. Everybody, and they have the same kind of values, um, and they are commercial, but at the same time there's an ethos to them. And I think that you know, technically, technically literate enough. None, none of this stuff is that technically difficult to solve it. It's 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 um it's systemic rather than technically difficult. Um, and I don't see any reason why we can't rewire this ecosystem and, and make it perform in the way that we want we might have to experiment we may, may have to trial we might get it wrong but i do think we can do it and i do think we can do it quite quickly um particularly when everybody starts you know talking to each other like what, what you're doing with angel Syndicate, starts talking to pitch space starts talking to pilot Round, starts talking to ship shape you know or and whatever new new tech may emerge i i, I and then all of those have good apis and doing good things together you know i i think you're talking about Changing this quite quickly because there is such an appetite, and also when we all talk to each other, we all understand the problem, maybe from a slightly different angle, but we're seeing it the same. You know, you don't hear people go, nobody gets, you know, on the, on the podcast go, no, this is completely wrong. This is going to stay exactly as it is. Every, it's great for everyone. No one says that. So I'm I'm really hopeful that it's we're pushing on a pretty much an open door here. But you know, but we're going to have to learn and iterate and all that all that stuff. But, but that's that's the gig, right? That's the that's the job.
1: Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more with you on all of that, Dan, except the piece around um, resistance to change, because um, yes, I don't think anybody says publicly that they're unwilling to change and adapt to the future. But if they were that willing, then we'd already be embracing this these tools that exist to power the the new way of angel investing, right? So hopefully um, we are with Angel angelsyndicate.uk bringing um, angel investing, you know, Kicking and screaming into the twenty-first century yeah. belatedly, um, and and just solving some of these really um, needless continued process frustrations and yeah. restrictions that are making the whole thing inefficient and leading to the you know the, the massive SEIS opportunity that we're gifted as UK taxpayers and angel investors. You know, it, it, it these frustrations and and process failings they inhibit and they restrict the the realization and achievement of the potential that, that that great tool provides for. So hopefully angelsyndicate.uk will will mutually solve those frustrations for founders and for business angel group um partners and 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 also the angel investors that participate in them. That's that's what we're setting out to do.
0: So as we're coming to the close I'm going to building on that hand the mic to you give us i know you're this is kind of a sneak preview of this and that you know you're launching in june T- tell us what you need what, what what's, what's top of mind from both communities founder and investor
1: yep so we're launching with um around 50 signed up angels so far we're targeting 350 angels by the end of this year and as you say we launch in june so we've got six months to reach that and we're doing it you know basically membership free for those that uh, are joining in that in that horizon um so we need new angels to sign up and be happy with, uh, uh, with with joining that journey and becoming part of the big paradigm shift in angel investing. So um, sign up today at, at angelsyndicate.uk, join our wait list. But also, um, I'd be keen to receive, I mean, we have some pretty healthy deal flow, as you can imagine. I'm, I'm involved in so many different parts of the ecosystem now. And you've mentioned numerous partners that we all have in the shape of uh, Ship Shape and, um, uh, and Pitch Space and Connected. And, you know, there's 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 no shortage of deal flow, but we we need uh, always founders to be aware of angelsyndicate.uk and be willing to submit their pitch decks uh, for consideration so that we can have a healthy deal flow to present to our angels when we launch
0: makes complete sense well i look forward to um diving into this more when we meet in person um it's 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 really fascinating i wish you obviously all the best best of luck with this it feels like a really really important part node component of the new ecosystem um and, and it's really great to have heard you unpack it um you know where, where your thinking is at the moment kind of what informs this
1: no my absolute pleasure thanks for um letting me come and uh, wax lyrical about the, the changing face of uh, angel <laughs> investing but yeah i'm no, really excited about what this uh, provides as an opportunity for the for the ecosystem really really excited by what you're also doing at pilot round i think you know we can't have too many shop windows um and um yeah, just if anybody wants to reach out to me, you'll find me on LinkedIn or at uh, gh.angelsyndicate.uk. Yeah,
0: we'll put all of that in the in the show notes. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for taking the time, Carith. I, I really appreciate it.